Anyone find yourself absolutely exhausted lately? I mean, just tired, um, worn out. I know these two, uh, these two are. Um, we've been weary. Um, we've been weary. We've been worn. We have been just burdened with, uh, with tiredness, with exhaustion. And the crazy thing is, is that some of us haven't even been like working in our typical capacities. We've been working in different ways. Um, we've been doing different things, things that we're not accustomed to. It's not just working too much that makes a person tired. In fact, you can be completely exhausted and really not be doing anything in the way of work. You can be binge watching you know that new show on Netflix you can binge watch for four hours and find it difficult to not watch another episode and then the next morning find it difficult to read just four verses of scripture difficult to concentrate difficult to focus because your mind and your body are just exhausted And there are different things that cause exhaustion, that cause weariness, that cause us to be worn and tired and beat down. Fear is one of those things. We don't often think of the exhaustive type of toll that fear has on us, but it can wear us slap out. Pressures. Undue expectations and burdens. Busyness, not just business, but busyness, the doing of things, the doing of too many things, the doing of things that don't bring enough life and rest to us. Stress can wear us slap out. Some of us are weary because of maybe injustice or oppression tyranny, all those different types of things have a way of wearing on us deep down into our souls. We've been living for the last almost four months now through a period of disruption. And there was, within the first few weeks of that, there was that debate over, you may not have seen it if you didn't see it, good for you. Um, I wish I didn't. But there's that debate over, is this just an interruption or is this truly a disruption? And many of us didn't want to admit that it was anything more than a mere interruption in our normal activities. You know, life will kind of get back, you know, when the, when the, 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 the television screen goes all colorful and whatnot. I remember that when I was a kid and, you know, your, your originally scheduled program will return momentarily. We're having technical difficulties. For, for the first couple of weeks, um, and you got to keep in mind, we're still in the middle of Lent, like on the early half of Lent when all this started. And we thought, surely this is just a pause and we'll get back to normal. But life really for these last four months has been extraordinarily disrupted. It has been turned upside down in many ways. Much has happened in these four months. I mean, the most obvious thing 
let me just name a few obvious things for you. But probably the most obvious is we've got two new babies in the church. Amen. That's something to celebrate, right? But I, I think of, of Lindsay and I think of Sarah. They were in their second trimester still before this disruption took place. Most of you did not get to see how large Sarah got. I did. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Um, well, we lost one there. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't leave. Don't leave. David, our lay leader, he's now got a beautiful gray beard. I don't, I don't, I don't know if any of you had seen him with a, with a beard. Yes, I, I love the, the, the applause back there. I've got more gray in my beard. My beard is substantially longer. I'm fatter. <laughs> lots of lots of like obvious changes have taken place over this these last four months during this time of disruption. I brought with me this morning the ashes that we that we burned on Ash Wednesday and imposed in the form of a cross on our foreheads because these ashes were on the communion table those first few weeks of Lent. They've been sitting at my house since then because I thought surely we're going to be able to worship together for, for Good Friday. Surely we're going to be able to, to pour these ashes out on Easter Sunday morning and shout, Hallelujah, He is risen. The song we sang this morning, Hallelujah, the chorus, um, God of our salvation. We hadn't sung Hallelujah in like Five months together. Lots and lots has happened in this time of disruption. Lots that has worn on us, that has made us weary, that has made us tired in ways we haven't known before. And we don't like disruption. Um, Last week was our AIM annual meeting, and that had our family traveling over to Decatur, Alabama. Some of you joined us for their live service that Sunday morning, and you saw, uh, you saw that service, and you saw my buddy Matt Ayers, the new president of WBS, speaking. He was our keynote speaker at the AIM annual meeting. But what we found is on the way over, we had a very uneventful trip over. It was easy peasy. Well, there was one vomit situation. <laughs> Right, right before we got to Decatur, but it was not that bad. It's not as bad as it sound, uh, sounds. Um, but, but everything was fine because we left in the morning. On the way back, it's always hard for me to get away from a crowd because I want to stay as long as I can. If you haven't fi- figured this out yet, I'm like an, a ridiculously extreme extrovert. And, um, and so these four months have been really hard on me. Um, so we left in the evening, not when it was dark, but it soon got dark. About an hour after we left and hit the road, it started getting dark. And then we got about 30 minutes to Gadsden, Alabama. And then Sue Ellen started thinking, wait a minute, it's nighttime. I want to eat. I want to eat. I wanna... So she starts crying and crying. She slept the whole way there to Alabama. But on the way back, because it's at night, her rhythm her routine was interrupted and she didn't like it Lindsay said i think we can get to gadsden i think we can get to gadsden about 10 minutes later we're not going to make it to gadsden you got to pull over so we pulled over and i'm telling you for for the next however many uh hours it took it probably took us like three hours beyond that point 
to get home because every 20 to 30 minutes we're pulling over. Lindsay would get uh, Sue Ellen out. She'd feed her and take care of her. She'd calm down. She'd shove her back in the car seat. And we'd make it another 20 minutes and the crying would start again because of disruption. Because her rhythm, her routine was disrupted and she didn't like it. And don't you think bad about my little baby girl because you and I are the exact same way. When we're disrupted, when, our, when we get out of our rhythm and out of our routine, we hate it. And if we are being honest with our emotions, we'll scream about it and holler about it. We'll snap at people about it. We'll cry about it. We weep. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside, in, in, the, in the depths of our being, we are lamenting. This is not normal. This is not how my life is supposed to be going. We live by rhythms and routines, daily and weekly habits. Some of us even monthly habits, yearly habits. We're used to going to the lake at that holiday. We're used to being on the beach for that vacation. And we don't do so well with disruption. This past Tuesday night, um, Jesse, Sarah, and Jude came over to our house and Sarah looked at me and she said, why didn't you tell me this is so hard? You didn't warn me. Disruption. And consequently, because of this period of disruption, many of us, Probably most of us, maybe even all of us, have been learning more about ourselves because of the disruption. I was talking with one of you Friday afternoon, and you said, this whole thing has really been eye-opening. We see within ourselves gaps that are being revealed, weaknesses being revealed, vulnerabilities being revealed. We see in ourselves when life is disrupted, spiritual laziness, spiritual distractedness, lethargy, anemia. But the question is, where do we go when we find ourselves weary? Where do we go when we find ourselves worn out? when we find that life is beating us down, when we find that the disruptions to our normal are just destroying us on the inside, where do we go? Jesus has an offer to make to us. He, he offers to us an invitation. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, beginning at verse 28, He says, Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Always, always bear your weariness to Jesus. Always. I'm, I'm intrigued by, I'm truly amazed by and perplexed by this invitation 
from Jesus. Not because it comes from Jesus. I would expect that of him. But because of the context. Because of what happens earlier in Matthew's gospel. In this very chapter, Jesus, he's doing his ministry. He's doing his thing. All the while, his cousin, John the Baptist, his dear friend, his forerunner, the one who proclaimed that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who, 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 who called all of Israel to repentance and preparation for the coming king. The king's doing his thing, and his forerunner, his servant, his closest, is imprisoned, awaiting possible execution. His life has been turned upside down. It's been disrupted. And Jesus has this going on in the back of his mind as he's serving the people, as he's teaching, as he's preaching, as he's casting out demons, as he's healing diseases and infirmities. And it's in that context that John then sends messengers to Jesus. The one who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He finds himself in prison, scared, surely, uncertain, definitely, and he sends messengers to that Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, asking this, Are you really the Christ? Because I've put my life on the line for the reality that you are the Christ. That you are God's Lamb who can take away all of this brokenness. Who can take away all of the world's sinfulness and weariness and all that is wrong with the world. I've put it all on the line and I'm now bearing my neck, literally. Please tell me you're the one. Please tell me I have not hoped in you and turned the direction of others toward you in vain. Tell me this is real. You can imagine the weight of disruption and the weight of weariness that is resting not just on John, but also on Jesus. And then he prays this really awkward prayer. At verse... 25, he begins, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things, hidden these things, wait a minute, that you've hidden these things from the wise, from those who, who are too proud to come to you in repentance, from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to whom? To little children. To the ones who are nuisances to the world. To the ones who are aggravations to the world. To the ones who don't know enough about life yet. To the ones who haven't been jaded by the world's burdensome and brokenness yet. He says, yes, Father, for as such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. He then begins to proclaim... And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. He sounds, he's talking very exclusively here. 
that grace is not just for everyone, that, that salvation is not just for everyone. But notice the catch. The catch is it's not for those who refuse it. It's not for those who are too big for it. It's not for those who have life put together and who don't know their own brokenness. It's not for those who haven't cried out to God, I'm so weary and I'm so worn and I can't do it anymore. Amen. If you don't know your brokenness, if you don't know your weariness, if you don't know how worn you are and how burdened you are, then God has nothing to offer you. You've refused right. the greatest of all possible banquets. You've refused the greatest of all possible, possible parties. You've refused the only hope for this weary world. But if you'll hear Him, if you'll open your ears, if you'll take a moment to listen to the voice of the Savior, if you will... Fix your eyes again and behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then you'll hear Him crying out to you, Come, come to me. Come to me all who labor, all who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. There is a burden. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find what? You'll find rest for your souls. But there is a yoke. There is a burden. He says, my yoke is easy. My law that I put upon you, it's easy. My burden for you is light. It can be borne, not by you, but by Him who lives in you. Deep down within, we desperately need rest. We long within the core of our being for Sabbath. If we'll quiet ourselves long enough, we find within us a hunger and a thirst for the things of Eden. We desire plenty, plenty of time, plenty of food, plenty of energy, plenty of space. We just want a little bit of land, a little bit of little plot of ground, a little bit of room in the house. We long for plenty of rest. In its core, the human heart longs for a world that's put back together. A world in which all that is wrong has been made right. A world in which all that is false has been made untrue. A world in which evil and sadness and brokenness and death and sin and all that that is disgusting to God's creation has been driven away. Deep down within whether we know it or not, we all ultimately long for Jesus. And so he invites us not to live a carefree, burdenless life. He doesn't invite us to passivity where nothing hurts us, where nothing shakes us, where nothing makes us weary. He invites us to the work of rest, the Sabbath for which we're made. And so it's with that in mind that John in his first New Testament epistle can promise this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome, He promises. 
It's with that in mind that Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, promises us God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. All that is left to us is to simply cast ourselves upon the master, to cast all of our burdens and all of our weariness, all of our brokenness, all of our tiredness, to cast it upon him because he can bear it. We're like this beautiful, ornate, gorgeous, some of us are plainer than others, tapestry. And it's got unraveling edges all around the outside. It's got, it's maybe been drug across the concrete a bit, and so it's got little nicks and bruises and little pulls in the threads. It's seen better days. But you can imagine what it once was. And all of us, deep down within, are longing to go back to the one who crafted it and say, please, put this back together. Even if it's not what it was before, you can weave in those torn edges. You can fix those pulled threads. Make it beautiful again. Make it whole again. And the master says, come. Come and eat. Come and dine. Come and feast. Come and find rest. Come and lay down your burdens before me. Come. If you'll just but hear, if you'll just but long, if you'll just but thirst and hunger, come. There's rest to be had. There's a Sabbath awaiting. I pray that each and every one of us this morning will know our weariness no matter how we've been handling the last four months, no matter how we've been handling work, no matter how we've been handling family, no matter how we've been handling life, that we will recognize within ourselves a weariness and a burden that needs to be released to Jesus. Because if we don't recognize that, we have no part in Him. He has nothing to offer us. And it will, in recognizing that, hear also his voice saying, come. Come. Father, we pray that you would help us in these moments to recognize our need for you. To recognize our brokenness, our burdenness. To recognize that for which our hearts truly long and hunger and thirst. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to cast all of our cares upon you, to lay all of our burdens down at your feet, to bring all of who we are and all of what we've got going on in life to you, to entrust it to you, to bear our weariness, to your son, Jesus. Help us, we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org. There you can find out more about our church and how we serve our community. 
You can also subscribe to this podcast there, and you can even give to support our ministry. Again, thank you for listening.